So that's the problem we're solving is helping leaders listen and have a higher quality predictive source of data. Now, then the question is, where do you get that? And what incentive can you provide to regular customers to get you the data that is actually valuable? Guided by over 25 years in the data and research industry and assisting innovators with investment banking and advisory services, Seema Vasa brings you Data Gurus, a leading market research podcast that offers actionable insights for business acceleration and value creation. Join her as she speaks with key innovators in the space to bring you up to speed with the current state and the future of data analytics and data ecosystems. This is Data Gurus. Tired of market research solutions that put your project in a box? At Paradigm Sample, we approach market research support with customized and consultative solutions. Whether you need help with questionnaire design, survey programming, or online data collection, we're ready to assist. Let us know your needs and we can customize a solution just for you. Learn more at ParadigmSample.com. Welcome to another episode of Data Gurus. This is Seema Vasa. I'm so excited to welcome Rob Pace here to the show. He is CEO and founder of 100X. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Seema. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, listen, your business model blows me away. Before we even start there, it, one of the themes that I really like about it is that it's truly doing something good for society and it's data for good. But before we go into your business, just give us a little bit of background. You have really interesting experience as to how you got here. Yeah, like I think like a lot of people, experience has been the key to the current opportunity. So without going into too much detail, I was one of the original Goldman Sachs partners, but with a very atypical background. I'm from a town of less than 100 People didn't particularly go to great schools, but somehow 20 years later, I ended up heading all capital markets functions. And for many years, I headed the West Coast. So the old Goldman was a partnership and had wonderful leadership. And I actually had a phenomenal experience there over decades. I left in 2007, which was good timing in retrospect. And then after that, I was fortunate to be the national chair of the second largest charity in the world, the Salvation Army. and founded 100X 10 years ago with actually that blend of doing good and doing business. It's very cool. So let's just uh, dive in there a little bit. First of all, when what charity were you the chair of? I was the national head of the Salvation Army, which people don't realize has 30 million beneficiaries in just in this country and, and four or five billion dollar budget. It's actually quite a big from a scale point. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And also the juxtaposition from going, doing the Goldman experience and then doing nonprofit work, which is quite interesting as well. Yeah, I joked that I grew up poor, dealt with the rich for a long time and then served the poor. So I've kind of, I guess I've had a round trip. And now where are you? Blending. I think there's kind of a key word today. It's probably the blend. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about what Hundex does. And also, give us a little bit of a background on the name. It's a very cool name. Yeah, it's, it actually goes all the way back to biblical times that if a farmer, see illustration, if a farmer plants the right seed in the proper soil, a crop can be 100 times greater than not. And so one of our objectives is to help facilitate that kind of perfect dynamic. So that's the origin. And we think about our mission as multiplying positive outcomes 
for businesses, people, and society. So those three dimensions, if we were remotely successful, could lead to the 100x outcome for our company in terms of impact. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And what really sticks with me, Rob, like we talked a while ago to kind of prep for this call, but in my mind, what stuck with me was that your cost of goods sold basically goes to charities. And you've created that intersection of getting the data, obviously for companies, but then providing it back to the communities that serve in some way in your whole research process. Yeah, that's what's motivating to me. This is my second act. That's exactly right. Now, I've been around long enough to know that there have been many companies that have talked about doing good and doing well. In my experience, most of them were not good at either. I think it's really important to stress that any sort of mission-driven model, you still have to be really good at what you produce. Otherwise, you're not going to have the success. And what I love about our product is I feel like it's vastly better because of the charitable aspect. And I think that's the key secret sauce to how the flywheel works. And your pro- just describe briefly, what is the product and who is your target audience? Yeah, so let me, if I can, digress for one second. So one of the things I liked at Goldman were running a region or running a, a markets group is I got to interact with leaders across almost every industry. I'd often ask them, tell me about their business. And she or he would, every once in a while, I find that leader that True North was like customer result, customer out, right? And those companies always won. And they always won because they pivoted. They didn't have sacred cows. But most companies, if they're honest, are organized around sales or products. In other words, outputs versus outcomes. That got me thinking like, wow, Why isn't it that modern businesses aren't organized around results, outcomes? And I came to the conclusion that in order to understand outcomes, you have to be able to listen. And there wasn't really good listening technology out there, right? There's survey, and I think all of us as consumers have survey fatigue and know it's broken. They're scraping social media, but we call that the loud versus the crowd. So how can you source the real view of the actual consumer in terms of what their experiences are. And if you have the highest quality data set for that, there's a lot of vertical markets, right? There's investors. Who's going to win in the market is very fundamental to investing, fundamental to strategy development, having the right kind of ad. So it's really kind of a core foundational technology if you can become the best listening source. So that's the problem we're solving is helping leaders listen and have a higher quality predictive source of data. Now, then the question is, where do you get that? And what incentive can you provide to regular customers to get you the data that is actually valuable? And so that's where the experience of heading a charity was so fundamental. Because if you understand charities, all of them need money. It's pretty much the bane of their existence. And the second thing is they have audience. And you just think about the things that all of us are doing for charities that we care about, whether it's a rare disease or have kids or schools, et cetera, you're highly motivated. So we hit upon the notion of if we could raise sufficient capital that we could create fundraisers across the country where the supporters of those charities contributed by sharing those insights on their experience with brands with us. And then that's how our entire cost of goods sold goes to charity. That allows us to create high quality data and insights. And it's a virtuous cycle. So that's our business model. 
That's amazing. I want to go back to something that you said that kind of led you to starting this business in some ways. And it was around listening and thinking about outcomes versus, I guess, results or outputs. But would one argue, and we'll come back to the business model, would one argue that the outcome is increasing shareholder value? Like that's the outcome they want to predict. Yeah, or outputs, but what over what time frame? So let me give you an example. That goes into the short is like the short frame thinking, right? So, so much of, let's take the investing world, which I know you know quite well. So much of that is based on earnings, near-term results. In fact, if anything, transactional data has put additional pressure to be good every day, every week. Yes, yeah, there's no horizon, right? But let's just take my world on Wall Street. In 2005, 2006, 2007, all the firms were crushing it. You go back, but were they really, right? They were selling products which were good to society. And so the PE multiple or the, the sustainability of those earnings were almost negative. So it all comes back to time frame. And yeah, time frame. And then also, in some ways, it is what's the outcome that benefits society in some ways? What's the long term vision? Yeah, and I think it's an individual level and a macro level. So if companies produce products which solve problems, that's a very good thing, right? That works in higher productivity, which has all this positive results. If we can create unique source of funding for nonprofits, that's a great outcome. Simply for me, as somebody who is in the markets forever, if we can get the paradigm to move from leaders having to focus only on short term but basically get credit for doing the right long-term sustainable things in their business, that's almost like a, a new invisible hand. And that would, would be the, the holy grail. And ultimately, we think listening is going to be the key that unlocks that. I call it the PE, if you're familiar with how a company's valued. There's an earnings times a multiple. So the multiple, right? Like the sustainability. I love it. Okay, let's, let's break this down. How do you listen to people? Just break it down on a very granular level because it's very unique. And I think the listeners would love to understand that. Yeah, and if any of your listeners are involved with a nonprofit, which most people are, please, we'd love to try to help fund your comments, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so let's take a, an example. So let's say that your kid's in a band. And let's say the school district doesn't have money for a new band room and equipment, but it desperately needs it. All the parents need it. They know it, the kids, et cetera. So basically the school or the organizer would go out to all the supporters who care about that band project and say, hey, there's this crazy company, 100X, which has raised almost $100 million, and they're going to pay us if you all do the following. And here's what you, you sign on, you sign up, and we promise when you sign up, we're not going to try to sell you anything. As I said, if you give us feedback on Chipotle, you're not going to see weird Chipotle ads right? Like all we want to know is the truth. Give us basic demographic information. Everything is going to be presented on an anonymous basis. And then what you do over a 30-day period, and there's a lot of logic to this 30 days, people get burned out if it's longer, is you just think of the leading brands you use. We have 3,000 on there. Think about where do I shop? How do I get around? Just all the questions. Who's my bank? Who's my broker, et cetera. And we've developed a very, I will say simple, but I actually believe it's reasonably sophisticated way for you to go through and say, here's how much I use it. Here's how much I'm going to use it in the future. Here's what I like about it. Here's what I don't like about it. Verbatims, et cetera. Each one of those takes you a little over a minute. 
And on average, you can get up to $2 for that. So if during that period of time, you gave 50 pieces of, of feedback on 50 different brands, you would have raised $100 in my example. And if a thousand people had signed up, moms, cousins, grandmas, we would write a check for $100,000. The school would have the new band room. We would have a very unique data set because number one, we didn't tell you what businesses to give us feedback on. That's a fundamental difference versus survey. That's very all listening. You're driving. We know what matters to you. We know what you're going to use in the future. And it's been very predictive of future performance, particularly like six to nine months down the road. I was going to ask you that, like how predictable, when do you start seeing the trends? Because yours, your platform is an early indicator, basically, of what's happening within consumer sentiment about specific brands or experience. And that plays out over, I think you just said six to nine months. Yeah, that's our peak window. At some point, it goes a little stale, right? Like new facts intervene, the economy changes, et cetera. When we do what's called backtesting, which is looking to say maximum predictability, it's as if we've got a crystal ball that's about two quarters in advance, which is very valuable. And we have a lot of investors who look at that data to make decisions. How many projects would you have, quote unquote, in field like the one you just described? Because one could also say really representative. Is it just schools? Like which geographies? Give us an idea of that. Yeah, we work really hard on that issue of kind of replicating the census on multiple dimensions. So we have a team of almost 10 people who do nothing but work with the nonprofits, et cetera. If you understand, the first thing to note about nonprofits is because they're not writing a check, it's not the supporters, it's the beneficiaries, it's the volunteers, it's the friends. It's a much higher bar if you're asking somebody to write a check versus if you're asking them over a 30-day period to take an, an hour out of their time. So we get the participation rates. I've mentioned this to you. In some cases, they're like nine out of 10 people who were asked to do it, do it. It's insane, right? It's like a quantum increase in being representative, right? So at any given time, we're going to source right now about 300,000 data points every month. And we'll be running 70 to 80 different programs around the country and working on shaping in terms of ethnicity, age, income, geography, et cetera. So we're really hard to try to replicate the mosaic of the country. That's fantastic. What have been some complaints about the data or the platform or chat? How about challenges? Challenge is a better word. Let's see. All right. Complaints are fine too. Well, at first, you can imagine the nonprofits Sadly, nonprofits have been not treated well by a lot of corporates. So the first was, this is too good to be true, right? So that issue got solved with just people getting checks and going, wow, it actually hit my bank account. And is that great? Yeah. I will tell you that I have been surprised at the data buyers, right? So the corporate is our largest market. And it's really for them to be able to see more benchmark data and more predictive data, et cetera. But Sadly, and you probably will recognize this, there's a lot of people inside organizations that don't want independent, unfiltered, uncontrollable data. There's been a little bit, candidly, of having to overcome the corporate defenses, if you will, because it's pretty scary, right? You don't control, we don't control. I often say, look, my opinion means nothing. 60,000 consumers on Walmart does. So that's been one thing that I didn't fully anticipate. Also, interpretation. For example, when we say to people, are you going to eat more at McDonald's in the next 12 months? 
they in their mind place themselves in their ideal future state. I have been planning on losing 10 pounds for over 20 years. You ask me my future weight, it would be my current weight minus 10. So what I had to learn or what we had to learn was interpretation. This is why seasoning of data sets are so important. So for example, what we have learned, let's take a brand like McDonald's, which has done quite well. What you have to do is look at the spread in the data versus Dairy Queen and, and Wendy's and Burger King, et cetera, and look at the trend versus the absolute. So it's relative. It's relative to competition and also understanding the overall month-to-month, week-to-week change. Yeah, and in seasonality, we have another example of that. I would say another issue for us in terms of challenges is so we don't get mix. So if I say, are you going to shop more at Home Depot right now, which, by the way, our data is strong on Home Depot right now, I don't know whether you're going to buy a higher-end product or a lower product, et cetera. So our ability to fine-tune, like, use, but frankly, consumers don't want to do a 15-minute conservation. It's sort of like your choice is you can get a small group of people who are willing to do anything for an Amazon gift card, and they'll spend 30 minutes with you, or to get the what I'll call the actual typical consumer, you got to get them in and out about a minute. So we solve the big picture, but not necessarily the highly granular. Going down by category or skew or whatever that might be. Exactly. Okay. And I did look at the platform and it's very nice, very easy to read and understandable. Do people typically purchase a license in a category or how does that work for clients? Yeah, it's a typical relationship as a subscription. There's some degree of customization. For example, we can add other competitors and if people have suggestions for good, we had an asset manager who said, I really need to know investable assets. So there's some of that, but yeah, it's typically a subscription. Now, what's interesting is I would say 10 years ago, your mindset might've been, just show me my direct competitors. But now there's, the disruption risk comes from so many different adjacent industries. The one big use case is looking at that sort of cousin industry over here. So one of the benefits is most companies are set up to understand themselves very well, understand competitors somewhat, but they have true blind spots on the things that are coming from other... From different, from adjacent industries. A good example of something I'm focused on right now is delivery. Think about how that affects the food industry, the restaurant industry, right? You need to understand Instacart and Uber Eats. There's a bunch of... I would say that you really need to be able to put yourself in the customer's shoes. So true. And what that overall experience is to ultimately buy something from a particular establishment. And what else? See, because we have full wallet, right? We know not just... We know that, or not just that you buy Nike, but we know what you think of 50 other brands. So we can have a sense of like how you make decisions. Interesting. So you have a really audacious goal about how much money you want to give away to charity. Can you share a little bit about number one, what is that number? How did you get to it? And what's your time frame? Yeah, so I made it up. <laughs> but I it's think it's good. But I think it's reasonable. So on a good day right now, we're giving away. $50,000. I want to do at least 10x that. So if we're giving away $500,000 a day, 365 days, so we want to give away $182 million a year. And I don't know the exact time frame, but I don't think a 10x, look, we could turn on this picket. Just think about there's 1.6 million charities. All of them need funding. If they could get it without having to ask people to write a check. So we're going to go as fast as the market develops. Got it. Rob, I love this business idea. It's not even an idea. I love the business you've built. 
the intersection of data insights. You also have that financial background is really compelling. And congratulations to you and the team. Thank you. It's a layered, there's three layers, data for nonprofits, creating a world where people are heard and ultimately reforming capital markets. So how's that for a, how's that for a small ambition? No. So thank you. I love it. And I can tell that you're not going to give up on it. Like you're, you are equally passionate than when I talked to you several weeks ago. And I can imagine you aren't slowing down anytime soon. No, this is definitely a mission. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Seema. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to the Data Gurus podcast brought to you by Infinity Squared. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tired of market research solutions that put your project in a box? At Paradigm Sample, we approach market research support with customized and consultative solutions. Whether you need help with questionnaire design, survey programming, or online data collection, we're ready to assist. Let us know your needs, and we can customize a solution just for you. Learn more at ParadigmSample.com.